Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, we are off the edge. Welcome back, guys. Episode 30. Cam Lynch, Jake Ellenbogen here, and uh, we're going to continue on with our... Uh, <laughs> I see what you're doing over there. <laughs> we're going to continue on uh, with our new little uh, series. Um, we're previewing each division, and so we figured instead of just sticking with the AFC, let's give the NFC some love. All right, we're going to yeah. go back and forth. And uh, in doing so, we decided to go with the NFC West today. So we'll be talking about the 49ers, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. Um, Camp, before yeah. we, we dive into that little ad read that we always uh, read, how you doing, my guy? Man, doing well. You know, anytime we can talk about the Rams, it's always great. Uh, as folks know, we talk about we have the Believe in Rams show, so we're going to be recording that pretty soon as well. Uh, 49ers, too. You know, like the division rivals, it's going to be cool to speak about them. Seahawks, Geno stepping up. We got our sleepers as well. This I'm looking forward to this. We haven't put our graphics out yet, Jake. I realize that. And I'm going to wait, or me personally, I'm going to wait probably until we get a couple of these, uh, you know, the these teams lined up and some of these players lined up, and I'm going to do a big, big post together. But I'm excited to talk about my sleepers today as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited about the sleepers. Always love that segment. Um, but... Just letting you guys know that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, we start with the standing projections. Okay, so I'm going to give you my four. You're going to give me your four, and then we're going to just chat about it. Uh, number four, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Number three... <laughs> I love that. That's always a, a laugh there. Cardinals fans <laughs> probably hate us. Uh, number three, the Seattle Seahawks. Number two, the LA Rams. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Yeah, Jake, you're right. We talk about the Cardinals. You get a little laugh, a little giggle there. And then we always go back to that NFL PA report card when they are ranked last because they, they the players got to pay for a little their own dinner. So I always got the caveat that. But I got the Cardinals at number four, Jake. They had a, they had a great draft. So We'll see if they move around a little bit. We'll, we'll check in during the season. But I got them as number four as well, Jake. I got the Rams at number three. Unfortunately, I got the Rams at number three. I know you switched them around a bit, so it's going to be good to speak about that. And I got yeah. Seattle Seattle at number two. And then, and then of course, the 49ers at number one. Just their offseason, their draft was insane. Or more so their offseason. But they just, you know, Jake, even just going through, like, our top ten players, I was thinking about it, like, the 49ers had about two guys on our top 10 list, like pretty much at each position. So they got a they got a lot of ballers on that team. Shanahan has a lot of guys to, you know, to, 
to swing the football around with and even go get the football with. So that team is looking quite dangerous, Jake. And I just kind of want to go to like the, the win column uh, for each team really quick. You know, the Rams in 2021, they were looking dangerous. The Cardinals were looking dangerous in 2021, Jake. They had 11 wins back then. And the San Francisco 49ers had 10. So uh, the division was a lot stronger in 2021. And then in 2022, things flipped around a bit, Jake. Uh, you know, the, the Rams and the Cardinals went to the bottom of the list and Seattle remained, got a little bit better and the 49ers flipped the switch. So it's going to be exciting to see kind of what happens this year, Jake. I mean, the whole division changed within a year. So that could be the same thing this year. But I'm excited to hear what, what you have to say about it. Yeah, you know, I think this is it's a really unbalanced division um it, it's just like you have the rams could be something because i i mean i saw the perfect uh article the other day i forget who wrote it but it was basically the 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 whole in a nutshell the rams should not shock us if they win it with Sean McVay. If they win the NFC West, it should not shock us. But it also shouldn't shock us if they're finishing third or fourth based on last year. And so they're kind of the ultimate wild card team. And then you have the 49ers who they're not like set in stone 100% the best team because Seattle, you know, kind of came up last year and showed you, okay, they're for real. Um, and you know, if Geno Smith isn't a one-year wonder, which I don't think you and I believe he is, um, you know, Seattle's done enough to that offense where you could be looking at one of the best offenses in the game going out and adding JSN. And, uh, you know, I just think when you have all of that and then the Cardinals who, like you said, I mean, everyone talks about, you know, the Rams being two years removed from the Super Bowl, And I mean, obviously like that definitely deserves recognition, but the Cardinals were two years away from they were dominating and like they fell off towards the end of the year because, you know, Call of Duty season came around. Kyler Murray didn't, you know, focus really. But uh, that's <laughs> but hilarious. I, I had to throw that in there. But no, but in, in all honesty, though, wait, Patrick Mahomes plays Call of Duty. I think with Juju Smith saying that they were playing Call of Duty and like they still went to the Super Bowl. So uh, yeah, you know. I, I guess it's just an excuse at the end of the day. Yeah. It's probably oh. it's probably manufactured by uh by Kyler himself. <laughs> He's a face clan guy. So, you know, who knows? He might be a little bit too far into the Ooh, gaming space. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> yeah, that, that's said, true. <laughs> but the, the thing I, I think going into this year, like with all due respect to Kyler, because he's a yeah, tremendous yeah. athlete and everything. Um, Kyler isn't going to play until like halfway through the year. That's just the way it is. And so with that injury, Who's going to start? We've talked about Clayton Toon potentially getting a shot. You know, Colt McCoy is there, probably one of the best backups the last decade, it seems like. He's just been Mr. Johnny on the spot. And, uh, you know, then you look at Jeff Driscoll and David Blau, who, I'm sorry, I don't think they're they're beating out Clayton Toon, despite the fact they have the experience. So when I look at this team, I think it all hinders on the quarterback. They have players, don't get me wrong, on paper, they have guys. Uh, their wide receivers aren't exactly the sexiest, but they got an offensive line. They have guys like Marquise Brown. Uh, I mean, I got to give credit there. I really like the pickup of Michael Wilson in the third round. Yeah. Um, you know, Rondell Moore is still a second round pick in his own right from two years ago. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. And then, you know, I think you look at the defense and, you know, you have Buda Baker, who we don't know what the deal is, if he's going to get traded before the season or not. Kind of. All signs kind of point to him being that like right around training camp, right around preseason trade 
kind of, you know, shakes us a little bit depending on where he goes. Isaiah Simmons, Jalen Thompson, you know, Marco Wilson. I mean, they have talent in the secondary. And then you look at, you know, Zayvon Collins and Kaiser White. They go out and get uh, Majai Sanders, you know, and, uh, you know, of course, BJ Ojulari. So they have names. Um, I think really the issue is going to hinder on the quarterback position. And then the running back spot, I mean, James Conner, is he going to stay healthy? If he stays healthy, he's a good running back. I think he's underrated. I mean, I think this guy, he's, he's a Ram killer. He's a Niner killer. You know, he, you know, I, I think he's a Seahawk killer. I mean, he makes things happen in both the receiving and the, the running game. The problem is, you know, if he can't stay healthy, who's going to be the running back there? Uh, I don't know. Um, but I think overall, the Cardinals are definitely the worst team in the division. And if Kyler doesn't play until halfway through the season, they might already be out of the playoff race. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is it's going to be a lot to navigate. I feel for Jonathan Gannon, who's a rookie head coach. He's going into a situation where you don't have Kyler Murray. You're going to be rolling with the backup. And it's like they drafted a quarterback and the irony is that he's Jonathan Gannon's guy because they, they drafted him in the Jonathan Gannon era, but man, without Kyler, it really does change the game there. Um, yeah. You and, know? Yeah, no, I feel you. And I feel like the Cardinals have a similar <clears throat> situation. They have a similar, the Cardinals have a similar situation to the Raiders. I would say, you know, Jimmy G being out, Kyler Murray being out. Okay. Who's that next guy? Who is in the building? You talk about for the Cardinals, they have Colt McCoy. Well, the Raiders have Hoyer as well, and these are talking about great backups, people who've been around the block a little bit. They have a similar situation in that, and then also they have that rookie quarterback who's who's expected to step in. Step in. We talked about in the AFC West on our last show, Aiden O'Connell. He was our guy, and I'm loving what he's bringing to the table with that Jared Goff comp. Well, you got Clayton Toon coming in as well, and Jake. He was one of our guys. We talked about before, you know, before the draft. Who are the people that we want to look out for? What does that look like? But Clayton Toon was was one of them. He played at Houston, a high caliber player. We talk about efficiency, Jake. I think out of, in the in the college realm, he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks to step to to step into the draft. So think about Case Keenan when he played at Houston. He broke all the records there. I think about Clayton Toon not breaking all the records like a Case Keenum who did very well for himself in the NFL. But these guys coming out of Houston are ready to play ball, and so. You respect that, and I want to see a guy like Clayton Toon step on the field and find success, just like Aiden O'Connell as well. So I got faith in him. Um, but like you said, though, it's it's a tough start for these divisions. If you're the Raiders and you're playing against the Chiefs and you're playing with the rookie quarterback, good luck, <laughs> right? Good luck. If you're, the, if you're the Cardinals starting with the rookie quarterback and you got Aaron Donald coming at you and you talk about some of these other teams, you talk about the 49ers, we're going to talk about their defensive line. It's, it's, it's insane, Jake. We talked about that 49er defensive line, having two guys in our top 10 list. Like, come on, fam. It's going to be a tough day. Two linebackers on the top 10 list and probably and two, a cornerback and a safety on the top 10 list. So they're going to make it tough for these rookie quarterbacks um, in Clayton Toon coming from playing with the Cardinals. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Jake. Just from my time playing the Cardinals and I played against the Rams when I was at the Rams, we always used to just bash the Cardinals. <laughs> we always used to give them that work. And I think it's going to be the same thing this year, Jake. Unless, you know, unless Murray, 
you know, drinks an elixir and gets healed off like this. <laughs> you know, same thing with Jimmy G. I don't know. I really don't know. I didn't know this was Elden Ring where you could just pop one of those things and you're good. Your health bar goes all the way to, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so moving on to the Seattle Seahawks, who I have at three, um, the reason there, the first off, the reason they're ahead of the Cardinals is because they're better. I mean, they're, they're better on paper. They're better on film. Um, Geno Smith is healthy. So, you know, they have a quarterback that I know is going to be their quarterback. You got a, you know, dual backfield there. That's kind of confusing as to why you spent a second rounder on, you know, Charbonnet when you had Kenneth Walker, but this is a dangerous league. You play a dangerous position mm-hmm. and <clears throat> there is no love lost at the running back spot. So no. it doesn't hurt to have somebody at the same level or hopeful level, um, you know, in Charbonnet, you, I love what they did going out and getting a receiver because, if D if here's the thing, if D Eskridge does pan out, who was their 2021 second rounder, basically their two, two out. Well, they have four guys and they got a guy that kind of changes the game with that speed. And he's been hurt and we haven't really gotten a chance to see kind of similar to okay. Atwell, yeah. but Jackson Smith and Jigba, his ability as a route runner. Um, then you have Tyler Lockett on the outside. He could also shift inside to me. JSN is a slot receiver, so I don't want to see him outside. I think it makes a lot of sense to keep him inside. You have DK stretching the field as well. D hopefully he can stretch the field. Um, you know, I, I really like the look of this. Noah fan, I think is underrated as well. So Gino has a lot to work with. And then the defense, so they went out and they got two guys for the defense. I, I mean, three, if you include Cameron Young in the fourth round. But the two guys I'm talking about, Devin Witherspoon and Derek Hall. So this defense was already good because they found guys like Uchenna Nwosu that someone else's trash became someone else's treasure. And I always thought Nwosu was a solid player. Last yeah. year, he really turned it on. They brought back Bobby Wagner because the Rams stupidly got rid of him. Um, They go out and they get Draymond Jones, who was top three in pressures for Denver last year. So they get him. They have Jaron Reed. They have Daryl Taylor. Jordan Brooks is really starting to develop uh, as, uh, you know, a 2020 first rounder. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And uh, you still have guys like Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Julian Love you go out and you add in free agency. He was a stud last year. And then you still have Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant. And that's not, you know, including the fact that there are probably some guys here that like last year, you look at Ryan Neal who had to step up and we talked about him. He was on my list for safeties. Ryan Neal had to step up when Jamal Adams went down. Who's going to do that this year? So I, I mean, I think there's probably a guy that I'm not mentioning that could step up and have a big impact. And so, you know, I think, Devin Bush, that addition was interesting. 
uh, last year's second round pick, Boy Mafe, getting more experience under his belt. I think he'll have a better uh, year. So, yeah, I mean, I think overall, Cam, you know, Seattle's got a wicked good roster on, on paper and, you know, on tape, the offense works. It, it, I think there's it's only going to get better, I, I would assume, with the offense. I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, no, Dick, I agree with you. When we talk about just different groups within Seattle, we talk about the running back room. They have a stout running back room. Um, we talk about a lot of times like the Todd Gurley's and, you know, just running backs who kind of just who, who played, did well, and don't really go appreciated well. Seahawks are like, hey, no matter who gets hurt, someone's going to tote that rock. And I think that's really important. Having a strong run game, we talk about this, going to open up the pass game. So I love, you know, they seem loaded at their running back position. Uh, we got DJ Dallas as well, Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker, but they also have a great wide receiver room. We talk about just this division. They might have the best wide receiver room in this division. You know, DJ Metcalf and Tyler Lockett by themselves, Jake, they're, they're Rams killers by themselves. So um, adding in JSN, that's, that's, you have now three, three weapons and maybe even four that you can throw the football to and Geno Smith and then Geno Smith, uh, you talk about he's been in the league for a good amount of time, Jake. So I don't think this is just a flash in the pan. I think he was also good at West Virginia. Oh, he was decent because we, we tore him up a little bit at Syracuse. But <laughs> my <laughs> guy, <laughs> always got to throw that in there. Always got to throw that in there. Oh, but you know, just funny. seeing just seeing his progression. You know, I'm retired now to see him still playing, still striving, still learning, still growing. You got to show love. You know, you got to show love. Uh, you know, to the rivals. And I was talking to my buddy, uh, his name is Wes Lyons. He played at West Virginia a little bit before Geno Smith. And he was like, who's Syracuse's rival? And I'm like, dude, West Virginia and Pitt. Uh, anytime we would battle against Geno Smith was always a great battle. And then Aaron Donald would always end our season with some sacks and block field goal kicks. So um, we always would, would line up uh, Pitt as well as our rivals. But um, it was all... It's always good to see guys like that, you know, Smith, you know, finally win and talk about the wide receiver room, him throwing the football to people. Um, he has some great weapons. And then even going on the defensive side, Jake, um, Garrett Wilson, my man, like, come on, fam. Like you got you got not only a, a top, you know, just the cornerback position in general. They probably have some of the better cornerbacks in the division as well. So you got some of the better receivers in the division. And you got some of the better corner corners in the division that are stepping up. Um, Devon Witherspoon getting picked so high in the draft. Um, some of the notes we have for him was he likes to talk his shit, Jake, and I like that. Right, a cornerback that can play ball, um, but then also back it up with this with, with this with this gameplay. So um, just what they're bringing to the table. It's looking kind of spooky, Jake. We talk about the 49ers being stacked and their roster being loaded, but the Seahawks, they have some, they have something to compete with as well. Like you said, Bobby Wagner coming back to, to hold down the middle. They're gonna look spooky. They're gonna look spooky. So I know, I know we're gonna discuss the Rams in a little bit, but uh man, I don't know. The the, the Seahawks are looking quite dangerous. That 12th man. Um, hey, let's let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Well, you know, to add to your point about looking spooky, what if I told you that Devon Witherspoon is a better corner in every way than Tariq Woolen right now? Yeah, that's crazy. So you have Tariq Woolen, who was either tied or led the league in interceptions last year. Um, and you have a guy in, you know, Devon Witherspoon who plays with just this edge, just this demeanor, just these like the most physical guy on the field. And he's just going to be your, your shutdown cover guy. He can pick passes off, but I think it's going to make Tariq Woolen better. 
And then you have Kobe Bryant who, you know, we'll see what ends up happening to him in the nickel. Maybe they go with somebody else, but um, fourth rounder out of Cincy that they really like. So he, Hey, speaking of which he was playing off sauce Gardner and he was reaping the benefits there. So, you know, yeah. I, I always look back to like guys like when Darrell Revis was, you know, kind of setting the table, like, Hey, I'm on an Island, you know, you don't, you don't throw to Revis Island. And yeah. so it was setting when I say like set up, obviously, you know what I mean, but for like just the, you know, everyday viewer that may not understand what I mean is like Antonio Cromartie, when he was playing next to Revis, Revis will literally get to the point where quarterbacks are like, I ain't throwing anywhere near that guy. And then, so they go towards Cromartie and what that does is it makes you really predictable and it makes Cromartie's life easier. So he's, it's easier for him to jump routes because he doesn't have to anticipate, like he knows like, Oh, they're not going to go to Revis. They're going to go to me. I got, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can take that risk. Right. Yeah. Especially you can take the risk when you have the, the secondary that Seattle has. So I think we're going to see a lot of those risk taking maneuvers uh, from Tariq Woolen. And when you talk about that six, three, six, four size and the four, three speed, he can take risks. He's got the, you know, that uh, recovery speed. That's just, <laughs> I mean, 99th percentile, man. Not many corners yeah. have that crazy recovery speed at that size. That's unheard of. So, yeah, and, uh, I, and Jake, I want I want to add someone else too. now. Let's not forget about Jamal Adams. I know you mentioned him earlier and Neil stepping in for him. Let's not forget Jamal Adams at one point led the led the league in sacks as a safety and i think led the whole nfl he set the record in sacks so you think about that coverage ability and you think about jamal adams stepping back on the football field when he's healthy of course when he's ready to roll they're going to cause havoc you know we talk about with this yeah. talking smack adams talks the most smack out of anybody right he's talking smack to the offensive linemen running backs quarterbacks head coach it doesn't matter he's talking smack he's bringing energy and so I mean, Legion of Boom, are they going to be back? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I know KJ Wright, he had his podcast, and he was talking about Legion of Boom back in 2010 when they were shutting stuff down. Well, this Seattle Seahawks defensive backs, backs room is looking quite lethal, Jake. And so depending on kind of how they move the pieces around, whether Adam steps back in the back into play, do we have Legion of Boom again? We'll see. But they're going to they're gonna be shutting stuff down back in that uh, in that in those airways for sure. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but if there's an offense that could take advantage of it, I do think the Rams can do that. Um, last year, they probably should have beaten Seattle twice, and they, that team was not as good as this team, in my opinion. A lot of injuries. Offense line wasn't recognizable for the household name. Um, but Matthew Stafford's back. We've seen him throwing in camp. He looks 100%, and it's not a shock that he's 100%. Cooper Cup's 100% because, let's be honest, We've talked about this. They've had a lot of time to kick back and like yeah. get healthy, but also relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they know, you know, all right, we've had a lot of that time. We're ready. We're itching. Like this is when you become dangerous when you've had this mm -hmm. much time off the field and you know, now you're, you're fresh and you're ready to go and you're chomping at the bit, the anticipations there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Van Jefferson, a full year with him, healthy. Van Jefferson hasn't been healthy since his rookie year for a full year. And he didn't play every game for his rookie year. So uh, people don't understand. His second year when he goes for over 800 yards, we find out after the fact, that second half of the season, he played entirely hurt. Like mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl, 
Oh, why did Jesse Bates get that? Why didn't Van Jefferson jump up? If you were like me and wondering why when Matthew Stafford threw it up to Van Jefferson was like, go get it, my guy. And he didn't because he was playing hurt. And so he wasn't 100 percent. And then it bled into the next year. And the Rams didn't have him until halfway through the year. So he's healthy. Cooper Cup is back. Ben Skoranek, because of those injuries, the silver linings here, Ben Skoranek, 2-2 Atwell. These are guys that were able to get in into the action last year and play meaningful reps in some crunch time situations. You look at the Raiders game, you look at the Seattle game. Um, so those are interesting there. Plus they also played a blowout where they baptized the Broncos. I forgot it was like 52 to nothing or whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so there's that. Um, but when I look at this offense, this has clearly been the priority for the Rams is they are, I don't know if they're onto something new here. I don't know if they know something we don't know because anytime you get rid of, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, you know, you better have an actual like plan of attack here. And I think they do cam. I think they're mad scientists here. I think they might be ahead of the curve. You know how, when they started the whole F them picks thing, everyone followed suit. We saw the Vegas golden Knights in hockey do that. And they won mm-hmm. the Stanley cup this year, Vegas mm-hmm. Golden Knights fan here. I can, I can yeah. attest to that. So, <laughs> yeah. so here's how th- this works is now, the Rams are like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. That was, that. we got our title. We're, we're building a roster now. Okay. We're not going to just do any gimmicky things. We're going to try to build the roster the right way. And so they go out, they, they draft 14 guys, Cam. Like you mm-hmm. get seven picks each draft. They doubled their picks. I mean, Brett Coleman on YouTube said this perfectly. If the Rams hit on half of their picks, no one else can really say this because they pick 14 times. If they hit on half of their picks, they're going to be damn good. Like, think about that (laughs) because they draft 14 guys. So that's fascinating to me. The offensive line was never really an issue. If they were fully healthy last year, that's not an issue, my guy. The issue was that they weren't fully healthy and they didn't have the depth. I think they have the depth now. You look at Alec Jackson, a left tackle. You have Steve Avila, uh, Brian Allen slash Coleman Shelton. We'll see who plays, you know, center. We're hearing, well, at least I'm hearing that Tremaine Ankrum might start at right guard. Um, you have Logan Bruss, who's your third round pick from last year towards ACL. Now he's back. You have Rob Havenstein. I don't have to tell you how Mr. Consistent, Mr. Yeah. Iron Man he is uh, playing through injuries. You add Warren McClendon in the draft as well as uh, Steve Avila. So there are a lot of guys there. AJR Curry last year, seventh round pick. You know, and Zach Thomas, the guy that they took off of uh, the Chicago Bears uh, practice squad. So I really do like the look and we haven't really even touched on Cam Akers. And I think Cam is about to Cam. uh, Cam (laughs) is about to have a very, very good season. He's going to have his first thousand yard season. I think when you look at him, Kyron Williams, Sony Michelle, and potentially Zach Evans. We'll see what ends up happening. But you look at those guys. Um, I just think that they have done a nice job of kind of diversifying their running back room, guys that can help in different ways. 
Kyron Williams being your scat back, third down back, pass protector, pass catcher. Uh, you know, he did all of that at Notre Dame. Cam Akers being your bell cow. Sony Michelle being your short area, uh, short yardage situation guy, power guy. And then Zach Evans not having to really do anything. He's a sixth round running back. We don't want to put too much pressure on the kid. Uh, he did lose his job at both TCU and Ole Miss, keep in mind. So let's not pencil him in as the starter quite yet. So <laughs> yeah. he's he's got work to do. And I think what we've seen is McVay has redshirted these guys in the past. I think he'll redshirt him. The defense, do they look perfect? No, Cam, they do not look perfect. It does not look like a perfect defense. But you know what? I said I think they're on to something that we didn't even realize. And what if defense doesn't and i know this is going to hurt you but what if defense doesn't matter as much as it did before and what Ooh. i mean by that is their system if you're playing that bend don't break soft zone does it matter that much to have star corners star edge defenders if really you're just trying to keep everything in front of you you need guys that can tackle and guys that are fast and guys that are quick and guys that have like instincts and that's the mm-hmm. thing. If you go after that, like, I don't love it. That's not how I would play defense personally, but maybe that's how they want to do it. And so Kobe Durant is somebody immediately you and I have talked about. He comes to mind. He's a secret superstar in our eyes. Um, but all throughout this roster, I mean, all throughout the defense anyway, you go out, you get Byron Young. You go out, you get Kobe Turner. They're very high on him. I think he starts day one. Ernest Jones, this is his defense, okay? We can talk about Aaron Donald all we want. And Aaron Donald's not retiring anytime soon. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. He's not retiring this year. But Ernest Jones, this is his defense. Make no mistake about it. Bobby Wagner said, I got the keys for one year. Here are the keys, my guy. Here's the torch. And we're hearing just glowing reports about Ernest Jones. It's early. But Cam, it's a lot to talk about. They go out and get a Kello Witherspoon as well. I'm very excited about. He starts day one, in my opinion. I'm not, I don't think the Rams defense is that bad. I just think they're not as recognizable as years past, and it scares the everyday fan, the everyday analysis, uh, the everyday analyst, excuse me. And I think if this offense is top 10, the defense being top 20 will be good enough to put them in the playoffs. Yeah, they have to take the ball away. You know, like the bend don't break. I I can't stand that. I can, I, I'm not gonna lie. I can't stand that because let's say the offense isn't great. Let's say the starting quarterback does go down. Then what? You know, I think. Um, well, then the last bend, year. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Last year comes, and we we definitely don't want that. Um, and you did mention it when the show started. You said the Rams could be that wild card team. They could swing either way. And after last year, I think for Sean McVay, I think for just that whole team, they're going to need an upswing this year. We talked about this draft. They had to have a great draft. And you mentioned it. They had 14 guys picked. That's a great draft. That's a great draft. Steve Avila, Kobe Turner, Byron Young, Puka Nakua. I mean, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. But um, you got Tomlinson. You got uh, LT's, you know, uh, bloodline playing quarterback. They're like, that's. That's what you want to see. You want to get butts and seats. Stetson Bennett stepping in as well. So we talk about the quarterbacks, starting quarterback going down. You've got a national championship quarterback to step in, which is going to be great. But that defense, Jake, I want to see more takeovers this year, t- uh, turnovers this year. 
Um, we talk about this, the turnover margin being the most important, of course, score points, but being the second most important margin on the football field or in the stat on the stat sheet. We got to see him. We got to see the Rams taking the football the other direction, scoring touchdowns on defense. The bend don't break thing. I'm I'm not really buying it because it didn't really work last year. So I'm gonna need these guys to take the football away and really cause some havoc. Ernest Jones, come on. Um, you know, Ernest, I haven't had a chance to meet Ernest, but I'm hoping that he's able to step up. I'm hoping that he was able to take some notes from Bobby Wagner and really put those into play because who, who's going to lead it, right? Who's going to lead that team? What's that going to look like? And you mentioned some of the veterans that are coming onto this team that got signed in the offseason. I think that's going to be important, right, to support Ernest Jones and his leadership skills and what that, what that looks like. Um, Kobe Turner, Jake, I think – if anyone on that defense has to be, I guess, the game breaker each game, it's going to have to be him, right? Whether it have to be take um, turn, like turnovers, like I said, interceptions, um, forcing the football to come out of the the, the ball carrier's hands. But I think Kobe Turner is going to have to be come up big in, in the in the pass game, also in the run game as well. And we, we talked about some of the coaches that the Rams have now brought on, Jake. I think that's going to be the other pieces to why you mentioned that you have the Rams at. Uh, at number two in this division, I think the coaches are going to be the reason why they they are number two, if anything. The players, great. You mentioned they don't have any household names on this team, which is okay, but I think they changed the, the coaches. And I, I, we talked about this when we talked about the Rams and them building the house. I think the coaches will be the pillars and the roof, the roofing for the, the, the mixed bag of players that the Rams now have. Of course, they have Stafford, Cup, and Aaron Donald as well to kind of be the foundation but they have coaches that i think and you know hey make sure that it doesn't get wet it doesn't rain on the inside of this ram's house because last year it was a it, it got hurricane on uh, <laughs> the whole thing just got blown down so oh, we, man. Need, we need pillars to keep this thing standing and i think the rams went and did that this off four pillars draft four four pillars four pillars <laughs> We need them all, my man. We need all the pillars we can get. Throw a fifth one in there. Throw one in the middle of the house just to make sure <laughs> for, for safekeeping. But I think, you know, we go back to the offensive side of the ball, offensive line at the end of the day. That's what was the biggest the biggest Achilles heel, getting Steve Avila, getting some guys to, that are now healthy. Whew, I'm just praying, Jake. I'm just praying this year, man. I mean, just being a Rams guy, it, it was tough last year. So I'm, I'm really happy what they did in the offseason in this uh this uh, draft class. Yeah, no, I'm very happy with what they did. I thought they had an A plus draft um, and they have Sean McVay and they have a healthy Stafford now. So, and Cooper cup is the most dangerous offensive player in the league. I don't care what anyone says he is. I mean, you know, if uh, by offensive player, I mean, not quarterback, like he is the most dangerous. Like uh, we can say what we want about Justin Jefferson, but Cooper cup doesn't have games where he has, you know, 47 you know, yards in a playoff game. Like that's unheard of. Like he goes off. Uh, they yeah. don't win a Super Bowl without him. So I'm excited to see him back. Man, number 10 with that, that caveman beard. Uh, I miss <laughs> it, man. Um, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the slot game a little bit. Jake, I know we talked about Chris Harris a little bit, but I know you mentioned the Seahawks and JSN. You mentioned him. You don't really want to see him on the outside, but a lot of times what I realize is sometimes you want to get your best receiver in the slot so you can cause those mismatches. I know we talked about it with Chris Harris and, and Cooper Cup and how he causes – he just creates havoc on that inside. And you think about, too, DJ Metcalf, going back to the Seahawks, who do, who I do think have the best wide receiver core. 
I sometimes you see DJ Metcalf lined up at that third receiver right next to that tackle. And anytime you see Cooper Cup or DJ Metcalf lined up in the slot, lined up inside, they're getting the football. Oh, <laughs> so absolutely. Cooper Cup being one of the best in the slot as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of good slot receivers in this division. There are a lot of good receivers in this division. So we're going to pivot to who you and I both think is going to win the NFC West. Um, and that is the San Francisco 49ers coached by Kyle Shanahan, who I will say gets way more credit than Sean McVay, despite the fact Sean McVay has a title and Kyle doesn't. Anyway, um, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings, they go out. They got Danny Gray in the third round last year. No one's talking about for whatever reason. Guy that can stretch the field. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, who I like. Chris Conley is just kind of there. Like, I think he's kind of fallen out a little bit. Um, but he's a great the, leader, though. Great leader. Yeah. Uh, well, well, that's why I think he's there. Ronnie Bell, mm-hmm. seventh rounder out of Michigan. But the one that I think is really intriguing, and he's wearing number 28, my guy. Like, it, let's be honest here. Wide receiver's wearing 28. It's a little weird. But right. East Carolina's Isaiah Winstead. Okay. He is a UDFA. He's six, uh, six three two thirteen. 213. Now, Why am I bringing him up? And Cam, if you know who he is, why do you know who he is? Well, I'll tell you, okay? This is that kid that had that social media, like Twitter post with the workout and it went viral and he was basically asking Twitter to help him out. And he was like posting like his workouts, right? The 49ers gave him up a call, gave his agent a call and brought him to camp and he earned a spot on the roster. So... Mm I'm just saying we've seen guys before come out of nowhere. I got to say I'm rooting for Mr. Isaiah Winstead. I don't know how much room is on. I mean, Willie Sneed is on this roster too. We didn't even talk about seasoned veteran possession guy, but Isaiah Winstead is definitely a guy I'm looking out for because that he might be one of those preseason guys that just takes off and maybe not. Maybe he's just a really cool story. It just doesn't, you know, it kind of flares out, but either way, I had to throw him out there. Christian yeah. McCaffrey, best running back in the league. We talked about it, right? Yeah. You know, you have McCaffrey, George Kittle. I said this before. I'll say it again. If George Kittle had Patrick Mahomes, things might be a little different, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and if, if Kelsey had, you know, if Kelsey had Jimmy Garoppolo in this quarterback fiasco where there's nobody healthy ever, uh, then things might be a little bit different. But no, George Kittle's the second best tight end. At least we know that much in the league. He's phenomenal. They're going to have a little bit of a different look because McGlinchey's gone from right tackle, uh, but it's pretty much the same offensive line from you know left to right, aside from the right tackle spot. Colton McKivitz is going to slide in there in all likelihood. Um, you got Trent Williams, best left tackle in the game. Aaron yeah. Banks, model of consistency, stud in the interior, young guy, uh, drafted in the second round, 2021. You have Jake Brendel. I guess Niner fans don't love him. I think he's better than giving credit for. And then uh, Spencer Beerford, fourth round pick out of uh, last year's draft. He's played well last year. Then you go to the defense. And this is the crown jewel of the 49ers because you got guys like Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave. If Javon Kinlaw ever figures out how to play at this, you know, this NFL level, like the hope was that he was going to be like as good as DeForest Buckner, which is why they traded him away. Um, if he ever plays at that level, that's going to be scary. But if not, 
they do have Arik Armstead, right? They have Drake Jackson, a second rounder of USC in 2022. Cleveland Farrell is a guy that I'm taking a look at because we know first round pick. Sometimes you just need that change of scenery. He's been with the Raiders his whole career. Now let's see what happens with the 49ers who have already done this kind of thing with Charles and Menahue and guys like that. Sam Sidibukam, for instance, you know, kind of sputtered a little bit at the end with the Rams comes to the 49ers, gets his career back on track. Dre Greenlaw, right? Top 10 linebacker. In my opinion, Fred yeah. Warner, we already talked about how great he is, you know, Hufanga. I mean, Charvarius <laughs> Ward, Isaiah Oliver, who does not get the respect he deserves. Um, And then they go out and they get Jair Brown, who is going to be a problem out of Penn State. Mm -hmm. And man, still got my eye on D Winters out of TCU. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, the 49ers looking spooky, my guy. I mean, and then also, too, you talk about Kyle Yushish as well, the the fullback. I mean, they got guys (laughs) that are number one, number one to number 10 at the position on the 49ers o-line tight end defensive line you got two two at linebacker one at safety one at corner and then one at fullback so these guys on paper are looking spooky at the end of the day are they going to put it together what's that going to look like also too i know when they when it comes to the kicker jake moody they got a great kicker <laughs> right to, for to replace gold so they're going to the, score the some quarterback who the hell's going to start we don't know yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> i mean Burning question in the middle of our show. Not normally something we do. Cam, who's starting day one for the the, uh, 49ers? I'm just going to go Sam Darnold. Keep it easy. Keep it easy. Go Sam Sam Darnold. Um, You know, he's had experience prior to coming to to the 49ers. So, um, well, actually, I take that back, Jake. I take that back because the 49ers, they paid a they paid a lot, they paid a lot of money for that their starting quarterback, Jake, when it comes to their their first round pick. Um, so I take that back. I think Sam Darnold definitely is second. Trey Lance starts. Sorry. I don't know. Let's just zip that back. Trey Lance starts. They paid a lot of money for him. Sam Darnold comes in second. There's a, there's a quarterback battle uh during training camp, but I think we start Trey Lance because he got off to a good start last year. He got hurt on some fluke accident. Um, let's go Trey Lance, keep it simple. And then Sam Darnold as well. He'll come in and support after that. But that, that, those are my thoughts. What are yours? I'm not off the Trey Lance train. Uh, I still believe he is going to be a good quarterback in this league. And he was a great prospect. He's my number one quarterback prospect in the 2021 draft. I know I get a lot of flack for that because Trevor Lawrence came from there, but hear me out. I think the 49ers are going to miss the boat on this. I think that they wanted Mac Jones, at least some of them. And I think they got pressured in to taking Trey Lance to try to up their run game and just added another dynamic that I think they went away from what they wanted. And so it's really kind of confused them. Um, Brock Purdy would make the most sense, I think, based on the way he ended last season. But I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. I think they they signed him for a reason. Um, you know, they also had Brandon Allen there, but I don't think he's going to start. Uh, but Sam Darnold is somebody that kind of, eh, I won't say he had a resurgence in Carolina, but it, it just felt like last year he was starting to get a little bit better and more comfortable. And I think in this offense, which everything is just catered to the quarterback, it is really easy for quarterbacks to play in this offense versus, you know, a different offense, right? Uh, Shanahan makes it easy. 
Sam Darnold, I think, is who they'll go with because, like you said okay. earlier, the the veteran presence, um, but also just the fact he does have that mobility. He has the big arm. Um, you know, I, I think that's who they're they're gonna roll with. I think Brock Purdy's injury is worse than they're letting on. Yeah. That's what I think. He just got engaged too, by the way. So he's like, man, you know what? Let me just go ahead and get engaged and get happy while I'm on the sideline because my my injury is definitely going to be uh, hindering me <laughs> this season. So yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, um, it's. I, I mean, I think they're going to miss the boat on Trey Lance. I think he's going to go somewhere else and succeed. So I, I would like to see Trey Lance start because I'm a fan of his, and I think it's been unfair the way he's been treated, uh, especially by some of the media because it's like, man, like. He had a freak injury, like you said. I feel like people forget that. But it, it's yeah. been kind of clown Trey Lance and his hairline lately and not really, you know, <laughs> respecting him or, you know, giving him a shot. So I think it'll be yeah. Sam Darnold. Um, but moving on to the AFC West sleepers. Wait, really quick. Sorry, really oh. quick, Jake. Um, so back to Trey Lance. Um, yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's part of also being a black quarterback in the NFL as well uh, because Anytime something happens, something small goes wrong, it's it's blown up bigger than it should be. So um, I, I do hope that Trey Lance is the guy. Um, and you talk about North Dakota State, talking about Carson Wentz. We need a North Dakota State quarterback to live up to the hype, Jake, because Carson Wentz got hurt and his career <sighs> kind of went a different direction and it's brutal to see. So I want to see Trey Lance step in, stay healthy this year, and figure it out. I mean, and he doesn't have to run as much because he has a great running back room, Jake, and have the running back run the football. But when it comes to throwing it, he has some weapons. Uh, like I said, he has Cameron Latu as well coming in at tight end. So you have that 12 personnel. I love Cameron Latu. So you have that 12 personnel now. Um, you got Braden Willis coming out of Oklahoma. You got some guys actually blocked that can catch the football alongside Kittle. So let's let's go ahead and utilize those things. And a, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. So let's go ahead, let's go ahead and get those guys go get those guys active. You just remind me Brian Willis is wearing that ugly nine for a tight end. That's just weird. I don't hey, know how I feel. I do know how I feel. Weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's uh, some nasty numbers for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What would you all right. Real quick. What number would you wear in today's? Are you rocking with the 50? Are you going with maybe a cool 30 number? What are you wearing in today's? Oh, NFL? yeah, I'm, wearing, I'm definitely wearing a 30 number for sure. I'll probably go back to my college. I mean, my college number 38, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely you pulled 30. that off. 38 is an ugly number. I'm going to be honest, but I, I thought you pulled yeah. that off well. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's like a kickers number, you know, like I was battling <laughs> the kickers. Like, hey, are you going to get 38 this year? Or no. And yeah, I had to get the 38. And it was different. You know, that's the thing for me is. Everyone has a certain number, and I was like, okay, let me get a number that's a little bit different that fits me. And my dad wore 37, so I was like, okay, let me jump in and get 38. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I dig that. I dig that. Um, you know what else I dig? Isaiah Oliver going to the 49ers. I, I think that is a great move. He is my sleeper for the Niners. Mm, nice. I, I, Isaiah Oliver doesn't get enough credit. And I think the problem is Atlanta, they draft him in the first round, and he just like while he was there, there was all sorts of guys that were in front of him and he had some injuries, but he is very athletic. He's got some good ball skills. Um, he has like that anticipation that you look for. And I think he's going to be the, I, I know like Sam Womack is up there and other guys are up there to be nickel, especially Daryl Luter jr. Uh, the fifth round pick, but I'm going to say, I think Isaiah Oliver is going to be the nickel corner for the 49ers. And that is going to be a very important position 
you know, maybe defending guys like Cooper Cup and, you know, JSN. And I think he is going to be a sleeper this year. That was a really underrated signing by the 49ers. Mm, okay. I like it, Jake. I like it. Um, add to add to it, I'm going to go Cameron Latu as my sleeper. Um, you know, we talk, yeah, yeah. We think about Kittle, right? And think about we have to take that pressure off him. And Cam Latu, like I said, he didn't – we said this before in his – um, his pre-draft or post-draft analysis, but he didn't really produce like we would, like we have wanted it, like we would have wanted him to at Alabama. Um, but then they, he's come from Alabama, Jake, and so they have a a range of great athletes there. They know how to they know how to do the little things right. Just playing from Nick Saban, they know how to do the little things right. We talk about the Patriot way; they're doing things a certain way. Alabama has their thing, so I like Cameron Latu there. Um, you know, we think about some of the other Titans that have come out of Alabama as well. Um, like I said, I played against them and um, and I mentioned them as well. They have done work on me in practice, <laughs> right? Uh, catches in the end zone over my head and whatnot. So they, they have a good a good range of guys at that uh, out on the Alabama team. And so he's coming with experience, championship experience as well, Jake, right from just years of ma- making the playoffs and being at the dance. And so that can't go overlooked. So I got Cameron Latu, Jake, as one of my guys and. Hopefully he can get in there and block as well, Jake, because we all know Kittle's going to be going out for the pass. So Latu, you have to step in the block. And I know just being Alabama, those are some of the things that he needed to work on. And I do believe he'll be able to step in and figure that out, right? He has Trent Williams to show him some of the past, you know, pass kicks and how to be the best at blocking. So he has those examples. And I think he'll be able to step in and, uh, and contribute to the 49ers right away. So my Ram sleeper is none other than Tutu Atwell, who switched his number from 15 to 5, which pains me because 15 is my favorite number. But anyway, uh, I think Atwell is going to have a really good season for the Rams this year. We saw a glimpse of what he could do with Stafford when they got to play uh, you know, with each other against uh, the Saints. That was Stafford's last game of the year. He threw a bomb to Atwell. Atwell just... Yeah ran under it man just blew by everybody but what we found is that when Tutu out when push came to shove and they needed him in the Seattle game they needed him in the Ra- uh, the Raiders game this guy can run routes I mean I knew this but I don't know if the Rams had kind of figured that out yet so they start using him towards the end of the year this guy can run routes this guy can you know he had head fakes going on you know solid hands catcher you know I think at the end of the day you look at a 5'9 guy buck 60 65 whatever and like the thought was okay let's go out and get our Tyreek Hill then the fans see him that training camp video goes viral where he looks like a little kid in peewee football you know compared (laughs) to like Aaron Donald or something and now everyone has that perception on top of that everyone wanted Creed Humphrey in the Rams community so when they picked Tutu Atwell it was kind of like WTF man like really like you know and so and I I'm guilty of that as well I didn't have a high grade on him um but I've gotten to like him more and more and more and I feel like this is just somebody that is destined to produce with the Rams everyone wants to paint him as Tavon Austin he's his own guy and I think that's that's the important thing that we realize is that he is his own guy he is his own player and I think he's a sleeper this year for the LA Rams I like it. Believe in Tutu, Jake. I've always been on Tutu's side. I think he's been my sleeper all of last season. Each game, I'm like, Tutu, Tutu. He's the one. So I love it. I'm going to go with another sleeper in the wide receiver room. 
Puka Nakua, Jake. Puka Nakua, I think he was your guy when we talked about receivers, which is really cool. One of the notes I always say he's a captain, Gatorade Player of the Year in Utah. So he has those that leadership ability. And to learn underneath Cooper Cup, Jake, I mean, that's a win-win right there, right? You got someone who, like you mentioned, one of the most dangerous receivers in the NFL. He triple crown winner when the, when the Rams won the Super Bowl. So hats off. It's a guy like uh, a Cooper Cup and being able to teach a guy like Puka Nakua. You know, we talk about a uh, a teacher in, in the in the uh, in the in the student. I think they're going to have that type of relationship where Cooper's like, "Hey, you want to be the best young man? Well, do this and do that, and you, you can figure it out." So, um, <laughs> I, I like that combination there with Puka Nakua, and not only can he catch the ball and make plays, but he can also play special teams, and I think. That's going to be the separator from him. I think he's going to make a lot of splash plays on special teams. And the Rams going to be like, ooh, let's get him some more receiver reps. Let's take him off that dangerous special teams. And let's get him to play a little bit more receiver, right, catch that football, tunnel screens, and run all around and score touchdowns. So I got Puka Nakua, the captain, as my sleeper. And for Seattle, I got Boy Mafe last year, second round edge defender. Um, I think with him, we talked a ton at length with Seattle about the secondary and how great the secondary has gotten. Well, guess what else happened? The secondary getting better makes it easier on the edge defenders to get to the quarterback. When you have guys like Devon Witherspoon now shutting down one side, you have Tariq Woolen, who's, you know, you can't get rid of the ball too quickly because that dude's going to jump the route. So you have to worry about that. You have to worry about Jamal Adams coming back, the signing of Julian Love. I think boy Mafe, who had three sacks last year, he was more of a run defender. I think he's going to get more of an opportunity. They drafted in the second round for a reason. It was part of this new regime. Uh, I know Pete Carroll didn't go anywhere, but there's new coaches. And so I think he is somebody they want to continue to work with, continue to build with. Um, and I think Mafe is going to have his, his really big year. I think this is when it starts to turn around in his favor. A little slow as rookie year, right? Didn't, didn't have a ton of flash, but... I think this is going to be a good year for Boy Mafe of the Seattle Seahawks. Awesome. And so for my Seahawks sleeper, I got DJ Dallas, Jake. That running back room is stacked. We talked about a whole bunch of guys. They, Zach Charbonnet, they drafted. You got Kenneth. You got so many guys in that running back room. But no one's really talking about DJ Dallas. And so just watching last year, Jake, to see him come, come into the game as a second stringer and still put in work, also return kicks on the kickoff return team, punt return team. I think he's he's going to be a big sleeper coming out of Miami in 2020 uh, in the fourth round. Jake, I think he's going to be the guy. And who knows? Maybe the Seattle Seahawks were like, hey, we don't know about DJ Dallas, so let's go ahead and get another guy. But I think DJ Dallas is, is one to not really you know rest on because either he's going to eat on, on the Seahawks or he's going to go to another team, maybe the Rams. You know, who knows? But I think he's going to be one of the guys where it's like either he's going to ball out now or ball out later. He's gonna be he's gonna be a treasure for someone else. So keep I, I want to say keep your eye on DJ Dallas. Uh, we talk about 2022, 35 carries, 186 rushing yards, not many touchdowns. So not really sexy, but yards per carry. Jake, he had five yards per carry. So anytime I see him step onto the football field, explosive play after explosive play. So DJ Dallas sleeper in my book. And to wrap this thing up. With the Cardinals, we're going to stick with running back because you mentioned running back. I'm going to mention running back. I lied to you guys. I do know what's going on with the running back room in Arizona. Remember, I was like, James Conner, and then I don't know. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil it. It's Keontae Ingram out of USC. Sixth round pick in 2022. You know, there's a thing where when, you know, a team or anybody, when their actions speak louder than words, like they're telling you something by the way they act, 
the Cardinals didn't draft a running back. My guy, this was a great running back draft. This is why guys like Daryl Henderson and Zeke Elliott and Leonard Fournette can't get jobs right now. This running back class was really good. And Arizona didn't get anybody until uh, after the draft with Amari DeMarcado, who has like the best name ever, but that's not a, that, that's not a guy they drafted, right? So you have James Conner, right? But there are some injury concerns there. So what happens? Well, you have Corey Clement, right? I'm not as high on Corey Clement, okay? I'm not. This is Keontae Ingram's shot. Tyson Williams is there as well. Not as high on Tyson Williams. Keontae Ingram is the sleeper in Arizona because if James Conner goes down or even if he doesn't, they didn't draft a running back in this really deep running back class and Keontae Ingram is the last running back they drafted. They got him in the sixth round of 2022. Now, there's a little caveat here. This is a new regime. So there's new coaches. There's a new head coach. So that could hurt. But it almost is an endorsement in itself. The fact they didn't draft a running back with the new coaching. And they stuck by the guys they had. So I think Ingram is a guy to look out for. Um unless they, you know, shock us and go out and get a Dalvin cook or somebody like that. Um, but I, I think Keontae Ingram is definitely a sleeper and he's somebody that, you know, down the road, he might be the starting running back there. Yep. Uh, okay. I like it, Jake. And for me, my sleeper for the Cardinals um, under Jonathan Gannon as a new head coach coming from the Eagles. I got Garrett Williams, Jake. I got Garrett Williams. I think he's, I mean, he's a Syracuse guy, so I'm a little biased, but he's a third round pick. Third round pick. His gameplay speaks for itself, Jake. We talk about his past couple of years at Syracuse. We talk about he had zero penalties, Jake. And we talk about how great that is. We people are gonna go back to our previous videos. We we're constantly raving about Garrett Williams, his discipline, his gameplay, and what he's able to bring to the table. So I'm sure Jonathan Gannon is gonna really love that. Coming from the Eagles, coaching up Slay, coaching up that great secondary, and having a guy like Garrett Williams to hold it down. And Jake, I hope guys like Buddha Baker are able to stay because Chris Harris, what he said to me, really stuck with me. Just having guys like Champ Bailey, right? Having these Hall of Famers to coach you up is is next level. And Buddha Baker, I had him on my top 10, I think top five safety list. So to have a guy in the defensive back room who is constantly pouring into his guys, Garrett Williams is going to benefit from that. So I got Garrett Williams as my sleeper. I think he's going to have, we talk about, uh, you know, pro, uh, all pro maybe one day in the top three years. We talk about Pro Bowl team. I can see a guy like Garrett Williams um, being on a Pro Bowl team, I think in these upcoming years that Buda Baker's able to coach him up properly. And he's able to take what he's done at Syracuse, get healthy, of course, but take that, take that energy into the NFL. I think he's going to crush it at the Cardinals. Yeah. No, I, I Garrett will Garrett Williams is somebody you and I both really liked. So I will not be surprised at all, but that is going to do it for us. A special happy birthday to Kansas city chiefs, defensive lineman, two time super bowl champ, all pro and four time pro bowler, Chris Jones. He was okay. second on uh, my list for defensive line. So, yeah. um, happy birthday to Chris Jones and, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to do it for off the edge. Be sure yeah. to, Follow my guy, Cameron Lynch, at Cameron Lynch 50 on Twitter. Follow me at JK Bogan. Follow the show at Off The Edge Show. And uh, until uh, next time, you guys take care. We'll see you guys soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.